I mean, he's been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting In Work, episode 77 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, powered by Audio Technica. And I have to bring the energy today because I've got Mike Howard, Snowbike Mike, on the show. One of the most energetic, infectious personalities that I've ever had the pleasure to meet. Just before we get to Snowbike, I want to give a shout out to the rest of the 8-Bit Collective. There's been some awesome work coming out of this group of podcasters lately. It's truly a joy to work alongside some of these guys on our worldwide web And it was fantastic to spend the weekend with some of these guys for Brendan White's birthday. Some of us went up to the Gold Coast, surprised him there. Uh, For those who don't know, Brendan is the humble host of the Hungry Gamers podcast and the founder of 8-Bit, the boss himself. So shout out to Brendan. Happy birthday again. And of course, keep putting in work. But now, Snowbike Mike, the man himself. It's so good to talk to Mike because he's someone that I missed my chance to meet when I was in San Francisco last year for the Kind of Funny Live event For people who don't know Kind of Funny are a group of online content creators and they have a huge community, an awesome community, close enough that I wanted to meet so many of these people and fly over there for a live event last year. And that's what I did. And it was only after that that I got to know Snowbike Mike through his Twitch streaming and just running in the same circles on Twitter. But he's a fantastic guy and he's destined for great things, I really believe. He's a part-time Twitch streamer, so he's building quite a following through people that really just want to get into his streams and see him play games and shoot the breeze, tell stories. He makes people laugh. He gets people excited. And he's found a way to make a living from that as well. He works on a mountain over in Lake Tahoe, Northern California. He hosts a whole bunch of events out there, karaoke, games nights, anything where they need to bring the energy because he always does that. And a man after my own heart, he's a big NBA fan. So he's got into some NBA 2K shoutcasting, which is basically just doing commentary for the esports league of 2K. But probably bigger than all those things, Mike got a chance to host Kind of Funny Prom, this year's live event that I wasn't able to get to. And he did such an amazing job with some big shoes to fill, considering the past host, Troy Baker, one of the best voice actors in the business, Bernie Burns from Rooster Teeth, and last year, Xavier Woods, a WWE superstar. But Mike stepped up to the plate and he knocked it out of the ballpark. So much that last week, Kind of Funny invited him back to host the Kind of Funny Games daily Twitch show, which airs live, gets thousands of viewers, and then another 15,000 views or so on YouTube, as well as all the podcast downloads every day. So he's starting to pick up some real momentum there, and he is a fan of this podcast, so it's always great to sing the praises of people who appreciate what you do and shine the light back on them a little. But without further ado, here he is. It's Snowbike Mike. Enjoy the show. Snowbike Mike, thank you for joining me on the show and thank you for being a long-time, big-time supporter of Putting In Work. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm totally honored to be here and, of course, I love Putting In Work. You are like the hype master. If if I ever need a little pick-me-up, I just jump into your Twitch stream, I just say hi, and then you just go off. You're too good to me. I think (laughs) I should be selling cards or something because I just love getting hype. I love doing promos. You're the hype man. I don't know what that is either. It just kind of happened. It just kind of happened. We'll get into that. We'll get into what made Snowbike Mike into Snowbike Mike. First of all, you can probably explain better than I ever could who you are, what do you do? There's a lot of different hats that you wear, so let's hear kind of the Snowbike Mike version. Man, that's a great question. Well, of course, who am I? I'm Mike Howard, (laughs) a.k.a. Snowbike Mike. I live in beautiful South Lake Tahoe, California, the gem of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And I've been here for about 10 years, and 
I've had a lot of hats, like Jono just said right there. I'm, of course, the assistant mountain dining manager for Gondola Mountain Dining over at Heavenly Mountain Resorts. I also am a part-time MC with Drew Mirren Productions around the lake and in northern Nevada. We do different events, and uh, luckily I get to host them, so it's a lot of fun. And I'm also a part-time Twitch streamer five nights a week, so almost full-time, but mm. I only do about three hours a night, so we'll call it part-time yeah. for that. <laughs> And I'm also a pug lover, so that's about Snowbike Mike's story there. <laughs> and uh, what about the, like the 2K stream uh, shoutcasting or whatever you want to call it? Oh, you know, that is a uh, small passion project of mine. I got to say, I love esports. I love the shoutcasters, the commentators, the analysts when you watch all these broadcasts. And, you know, mixing that MC with the job I already have and my passion for basketball and video games. I mean, it was just a perfect mix. Yeah. And once I noticed that I wasn't good at 2K anymore, <laughs> I knew that maybe that was the right route to go. And I've had a lot of fun, you know, being involved in the 2K community, working with these different community ran organizations to kind of provide some hype of voice for their tournaments and seasons they mm. do. All right. So how did you get into emceeing? Like, when did you realize you had a voice for the stage, for the microphone? Um, You know, that's a great question. I would say about five years ago, probably at about 23, I've always known that I could do it. I've just always been a shy guy. And, you know, you always have that person supporting you in the corner like, hey, Mike, you can do this. Go out there and try it. And eventually one day after watching so much podcast beyond and, of course, podcast unlocked, I said, you know what? I could do that. And I would just kind of do it by myself listening to the podcast. And one day here we were throwing the world's number one opera ski party. And the MC Drew was right next to me. I said, hand me that microphone. Let me see what I can do. And immediately took right to it like a fish in water. And uh, that's kind of how that went. And what's your approach to that? Like, is it to just bring a whole lot of energy? Is it to do you try and be funny? Like, what's the best way for you to do that and, and make sure that you're getting everyone into it? Because I guess that's the goal, right? That's the goal is definitely get the crowd into it and bring that energy, bring that voice that the event needs. And I'm definitely not funny, so I don't go for the funny <laughs> sides, even though occasionally I'll try a small joke. It will fall flat. My comedy side is not strong, but I do know that I can get the crowd interacting with me. I know that I can get an event going up and having some fun. And uh, it's really just kind of feel out your audience. Being that mountain dining manager, I speak in front of 150 employees both seasons, summer and winter, training them. And that kind of put me on the path of like, I know how to engage an audience and I'm confident in that. That's cool. So what's a, how would you describe the kinds of events that you've emceed? Like I know there's karaoke. There, there seems to be a bit of a range with some of these things. Uh, yeah, it's been a, quite a range, right? I mean, of course, on the Twitch side, I have my Twitch broadcast, and of course, I do 2K Pro-Am League basketball, so I'm doing shoutcasting for that. And then on the MC side, with Drew Mirren Productions, I'm doing hosting of a ski opera party, so when you come off the hill, we're throwing this big party, DJs, go-go dancers, half-price drinks, no need to get off the mountain, just time to party. And as well, when I'm down at the casinos, I've done truck giveaways i've done slot machine tournaments which are truly my favorites i'm currently doing the fame game where we're getting five contestants up on the stage playing with me for a possibility of winning a hundred thousand dollars and then as well karaoke each and every thursday so it's just kind of a blend of anything and everything if he hands me the microphone i'll get up there and yeah. do it <laughs> and you mentioned before like something that surprised me you said you were a shy guy before what uh how would you describe the way that you've overcome that shyness and and what was it that made you confident enough to be the person everyone's listening to or looking at 
Oh, you know, that started a long time ago. I was always the shy guy in high school. Uh, you know, I was in a big group and I was kind of, you know, the normal guy. Everybody knew who I was, but I wasn't very vocal. And so when I moved away all by myself out to Lake Tahoe, California, that is when I started really gaining my voice and, you know, kind of being the leader of my friend group. And it all started in public speaking class. Everybody is afraid of public speaking. But I noticed one thing. No matter what, when it's your turn to go up there or it's not your turn, everybody in the room is staring off into space, looking at their cell phones, and nobody's really paying attention. (laughs) And that is when I got that confidence of like, no matter what you do, when you go up on stage, 50% or more is not going to actually be listening to you. So don't be afraid to mess up. Go out there and put yourself out there. And that kind of got the ball rolling for me. And was there a, was a gradual process of overcoming that shyness to reach what you are now? Because when I look at you, I don't see it like any shred of like <laughs> modesty or shyness. You just like energy 100% constantly and always just hyped. And I know that there's a little bit of putting it on for like a camera or for a mic or whatever, but it seems like that's you as well. That is uh, just definitely <laughs> me. You know, I would say it was gradual. But over time, you know, I had an amazing mentor and best friend, Steve Kirkpatrick, my manager up on the mountain. We've been together for 10 years, and Steve has always been outspoken, confident, energetic. And that's who I really role modeled myself after. And, you know, this is what he's helped me create, and this is what you see all the time with me. I'm always energetic. I'm always positive because I know if everybody's smiling, we're all positive together. We're going to get through the workday. We're going to have a good time. We're going to party hard. And if I'm that catalyst, then the change will happen. So that's just how I got to be all the time, and I love doing it. Yeah, that's cool. Do you think that there must be people who grew up with you that wouldn't hardly recognize you now with what you're doing? A hundred percent. I think they would recognize me a little bit because they knew that I had the smile. They knew that I had the energy, but they would be amazed that I could take over a room and command a room at any given time if I wanted to. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the Twitch streaming. Like I'm someone that's not hugely into Twitch and I'm definitely not into PUBG, but when you're streaming, I jump in there and I know that I can have a good time and that you're going to make me laugh and you're going to make me smile. And, and it's not because of PUBG, because half the time, you know, once you die, you're out of it, then you go into storytelling mode. And so, so what was it that drew you to Twitch streaming and how did you build that audience so well over a pretty short amount of time? Well, first off, you're too good to me. And second off, you know, <laughs> what got me to Twitch streaming was 2015 when the Kind of Funny Boys left IGN and created their own venture. You know, they went on to Twitch. They were broadcasting two live shows a day every single weekday. And we met them at TwitchCon. And I looked at my girlfriend at the time and I said, I know I could do that. I play video games every single day. Why can't I do it? And of course, it's as simple as turning on your Xbox or PlayStation and hitting that share feature. It's that fast to log in. So I started then in 2015. And I also had a great friend. His name is Grant Pooh Bear. You might know him from the speedrunning community. He's really big on speedrunning Mario Maker. And he was a good friend of mine here on the mountain. And I watched him stream five days a week and slowly grow an audience of six to 12 people to now he's huge with a thousand plus viewers every single time he turns on. And I said, I can do wow. that. You know, I hang out with him. Why can't I try it? And so, you know, back in 2015 to about 2017, it was my mom. It was my girlfriend just watching. And it was like any small streamer. I'm streaming to nobody, (laughs) talking to nobody. But I knew if I put in the work and I gave a full effort, it would all change. And sure enough, in October of this year, I said, I'm going to stream three nights a week consistently every single day on the schedule. 
And bang, that's how it changed. I went from two viewers to five viewers to 10 viewers. Kind of Funny took me on to be a Greg Miller Industries employee with Mikey Double D Doherty and (laughs) A-Rock. And that probably changed my trajectory by a whole lot because now here I am, 20 average viewers, 30s at the max. And uh, we're just having a fun time enjoying playing video games together. Yeah. So did you find that getting a chance to hang out with the kind of funny guys and be part of their show exposed you to a lot of people that they, they might have heard of you, but they probably didn't know what your personality was and they didn't definitely didn't know that you were streaming? Is that how it works? I think that's 100% right. Is I got to yeah. be in front of an audience of like-minded individuals and that's what put me on the stage, center stage. Because when you watch Kind of Funny, you hear all of these names in the community. Blessings, Alex, Alex O'Neill from these different podcast groups, yourself Mm. putting in work. They talk about these guys, but sometimes (laughs) you don't get to put a face to a name. And there I was center stage and I got to sell myself. You know, I like to think I did a good job. I know I probably didn't, but I had a lot of fun. And look (laughs) at me now. Here we are. Well, if it worked, then it worked. Like if that if that was the catalyst to, you know, propel your numbers from five a stream to 20 or 30 or whatever it is is that kind of where it sits at the moment are you get getting around 20 at once correct i'm averaging about 20 yeah. views uh for the past about four months uh hitting highs of about 30 to 40 uh you know i'm streaming five nights a week so those audience varies from a wednesday to mm. sunday you know i've noticed on fridays i do gift card giveaways i've hooked up with tom bach the patreon producer who's been a huge supporter of mine and he ensures that i can do gift card giveaways ways to give back to the people that support me and that really draws a crowd i think last friday we had a great time you know you might have missed it but we gave away some Snowbike mike t-shirts and that really <sighs> got the audience going wild so small <laughs> things like that will really generate the audience and it really rewards me and rewards them for having fun sure and when you're doing it five nights a week there must have been times where you thought like oh, this is like i just did a whole day on the mountain i'd rather be socializing with my friends but i've committed to this format this schedule and i need to put in work oh that's 100 percent correct and you know i'm still trying to found that balance i'm really bad i'm more of a hermit type personality you might see me on stream or outside at work very energetic and lively and fun but realistically when i come home it's me in an empty house with my two pug dogs steph curry clay thompson (laughs) shout out to those beautiful pugs and i sit there and say to myself i could stare at this television screen or at this wall doing nothing or i could get up on my butt put in some work and have a good time on streaming and that has helped me grow and be successful by saying yes you can mike but it's also you know, kind of a damper because five nights a week, I don't go out. I don't engage with my friends. So it's the sacrifices that you have to make to get to this point. Yeah. When do you find time to shoot hoops? Uh, thankfully, <laughs> you know, out of my two days a week, I have hoops on Sunday and oh, I nice. have uh, I got softball on Mondays. And man, if it wasn't for Team Rocket Vodka, shout out to the softball team. And of course, my favorite basketball team. Team Snowbike Mike and friends, man, I wouldn't get out of the house. And it's a blessing to be able to do that summer and winter with those two basketball and softball teams. That's cool. I I remember watching one of your streams and you were talking about some of the fights that you'd get into with the old guys. Like, I think there was a guy called Mike that you talked about. (laughs) Oh, it's incredible. I mean, I love basketball just so much, just like you. And, you know, for the 10 years that I've been alone out here in Lake Tahoe, that's where I've made so many friends at the local community college playing in basketball class and then going out and creating my own men's league team for each and every Tuesday and Thursday. And there we are competing against older gentlemen in a fun rec league where it should be, hey, high five, butts 
slaps. Everybody's doing all right. So all of a sudden, it gets heated for the final two minutes. Words are exchanged. Body blows. Cheap shots. And we just kind of get into it all of a sudden. And I'm one of the guys, too, of... Like you see me right now, I'm very positive. I even encourage the other team. I'm like, hey, you're playing great. Good rebound out there. And they still <laughs> try to take my head off at any chance they get. And uh, crazy scenarios happen after that. That's crazy. Yeah, I know what you mean. I play in a league that's like Division 5. You know, a lot of them are just football players that are trying to uh, keep physical and active in the week. So they don't really care about <laughs> basketball. And they're just there to like, like, they don't even know the rules. It's It's ridiculous. Oh, isn't that yeah. the best? They're just there to rip your head off. Get Pretty ready. Much, yeah. <laughs> and then complain to the refs, but hey, whatever. <laughs> uh, that's a good segue into like, I guess the 2K, like the Pro-Am stuff. So I'm a huge 2K fan. Uh, shout out to Pez Bro, who uh, works for 2K in Australia. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a whole new side of this, you know, this game series that comes out every year when they've gone into the, you know, the amateur pro-am inside the game but it's become a real life tournament as well correct i mean it's truly incredible what they've done with this game mode from taking it from the park where you were playing two on two three on three four on four matchups over into the rec basketball gym the air jordan gym and then they've progressed it into this pro-am scene which is really just five on five basketball you got to have 10 guys two teams of five to link up and man is it turned in to an esports that is thriving right now. They're having their first inaugural season of the NBA 2K League. NBA and 2K Interactive have hooked up to create this esports division of theirs, and 17 teams have bought in from all of the NBA teams, and it's been pretty incredible. We're about three-fourths of the season through for the first season. We just got done with their third uh, mid-season tournament called The Turn, and uh, the New York Knicks have just punched their ticket to go on to the playoffs with that uh, tournament win. And it's been incredible to watch. I mean, six kids, 17 teams, that's like 102 kids got their lives changed this March. They all got drafted to different teams, hmm. relocated to these teams, and have created an esports league similar to Overwatch League, similar to League of Legends. And it's truly fun. Like you said, you and I, big, passionate basketball guys, love the video game of 2K since 2008. That's when NBA Live kind of fell off. And I yep. mean, to see it progress to this, to the main stage, truly incredible. And there's some pretty serious money in that too. So I, I guess people don't really, you know, look at video games. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's this whole esports argument altogether, but especially a, a game like 2K that's so popular. I mean, I feel like it's probably more popular than a lot of the other big esports games because it has such a wide audience. Like it's got casual fans. It's got serious NBA fans that only play 2K. It's like the only game they play on a, on a video game console every year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the money must be pretty crazy in that thing as well. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, each and every one of these players drafted got a salary of thirty-two to $35,000, relocation costs, housing fees, mm. food, medical, 401ks, all paid for to join this league. And each and every tournament that they do, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line for the top couple of teams to make it through. And then at the end, we're going to have a million-dollar playoff for the end of the season. So there's a lot of money in this. And when you have 2K Interactive and the NBA together, these guys are going to be well taken care of. It's going to be incredible to see where we go for season two. Yeah, it's crazy. So you mentioned before that was kind of like a passion project for you. How did you get into that and what does that actually involve as far as the shout casting? 
oh, you know, it's been truly incredible. I first started as a pro-am player. I had a set five guys. We were playing on every night, having fun, and I just truly wasn't good. You know, I'm just a little too old now. I don't got the <laughs> reflexes on the sticks like I used to. And uh, I noticed two guys in the community, Dirk the Caster, who's a big-time esports caster, a big inspiration of mine who I've watched. He does Call of Duty. Now he's the official commentator for the NBA 2K League. And his buddy Rico, who is so well-known in the community because he watches so much Pro-Am. He knows the ins and outs. He knows the players. And now he's one of the Boston Celtics head coaches out there for their esports team. And it's been incredible to watch them. And so I saw them doing it. I approached my team. I said, hey, guys, I'm just not that good, and I would prefer to get on the microphone and do similar to what they do. And so I just kind of copy and pasted what they do and uh, brought my own style to it. And here we are. I work with four different community-led organizations, WR, MPBA, E2K, just LBA, just whole different groups from the community who put on these seasons and tournaments for these lower level guys to showcase their skills. Money's on the line, bragging rights are on the line, and I'm happy that I can bring the hype and the voice to that awesome group. Yeah, that's really cool. So is that basically you're watching the game being streamed and, and talking into a mic? Are there live events as well? Correct. It's very, uh, it's it's a little intensive, but it's a lot of fun. The payoff. So we'll say you're streaming with your squad. You're mm-hmm. playing said event. I am over on my computer with my OBS. I have all the overlays for said NBA organization or whatever the group is, and then I'm there with the microphone, no camera on me because it's all about you guys, the players. Yep. <laughs> and I play by play commentate every single play, and I've grown from every single dribble to every pass to now providing a little more insight, a little more analysis for each and every player and play that happens on the court. And I'm growing as a commentator, and I really loved that. But uh, it's a little tough on the back end because 2K does not have any private matchmaking. The only Mm. downfall is, is it could take 10 seconds. It could take 10 minutes. It could take three hours for both these teams to link up on a worldwide server and let me tell you what, nothing takes the air out of Snowbike Mike's hype stales <laughs> than sitting in a hot studio waiting for two teams to match up for over an hour. It's very difficult to keep your audience engaged on yeah. an intro screen when nobody's matching up. Very tough, but it's a lot of fun once we get the payoff. Yeah, hopefully they make that a little easier. It's probably one of those things that they'll figure out as it becomes more of a, a popular format, I guess. Totally. With the NBA 2K League, I think this will only bolster the you know format that is. It's already extremely popular with everybody around the community. So I think this is the next step for them in 2K19 uh, coming up. Mm, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So... Let's talk a little bit about Kind of Funny Prom. You've mentioned the Kind of Funny community and uh, getting a chance to go on the Game Over Greggy show and exposing you to an audience that is now part of your audience on Twitch. So we're looking at an event like Kind of Funny Prom, which for people that don't know out there, Kind of Funny is this group of online uh, creators, their entertainers in the game and nerd culture community, basically. Is that how you describe it? Uh, definitely. I would say content creators on the internet, a bunch of personalities that have come together to create amazing content for all of your listening and viewing pleasure. Yes. And fully uh, funded by the pledges and donations of their audience via crowdsourcing in Patreon. So, you know, huge community and they've chosen you to be the MC for the prom, which was their live event that happened just a couple of weeks ago, uh, following on from previous live hosts, such as Troy Baker, 
We had Bernie Burns, the founder of Rooster Teeth, and then Austin Creed, the WWE superstar, and then Snowbike Mike. So tell me, how did <laughs> how did that come together? Uh, well, I think it was a number of things. So I support them on their Patreon level for a Google Hangout every three months, and oh, cool. I treat that Google Hangout like my own podcast. You know, it's not recorded. I didn't know what the Google Hangouts would be, but I knew that I wanted it to make it my own. So every time we log in, I would do intros. We would do topics. We would do 15 seconds of sports segments with Andy, and they would always <laughs> smile and engage with me. So I knew I had something going there. And, uh, you know, being on the show with them, I think they knew what I could bring. They know my background as the part-time MC doing karaoke, doing different events at the casinos. And it all culminated into a call uh, one week before the Kind of Funny Prom by Tim Gettys asking me, Mike, <laughs> would you like to host this event? I was in awe. I mean, I knew I've been there since Kind of Funny Live 2. I knew the three previous hosts before me, and I am not near on the level they are. But I had the opportunity, and of course, when you get an opportunity of a lifetime, you cannot shy away from it. I've always learned that in life. Never be afraid, and I said yes, and here we are a couple Fridays after removed, and I got to say, it was an experience of a lifetime. Yeah, I can only imagine like <laughs> how you must have reacted to that phone call with one one week to go. I'm guessing you are planning on attending anyway, though, yeah? Uh, I had multiple tickets, two VIP tickets, two general emissions for all my friends. So I had about $700 already synced into the uh, event. <laughs> and there I was at Heavenly Mountain Resort. No phone service. He says, I'm trying to call you. I said, well, call me on my work line. And all of my co-managers looked at me as I looked like I was receiving <laughs> horrible news or maybe the greatest news of my life. I was in shock and awe. <laughs> and I looked at them. I said, this is the moment I got to go kick butt. And they all smiled. We cheered in the office after the phone call. And yeah, it was a great time. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, I wasn't able to attend this year, unfortunately. But can you tell me a bit about the event itself? It was obviously set up like a 90s style high school prom, but you had all kinds of like huge internet stars there and really cool people in the games industry, as well as the kind of funny community. So what was your role and, and how did it go? Oh, they did an amazing job with this one. It was more of an intimate settings. You know, as you attended Kind of Funny Live 3, that was a big stage show. Everybody was out in the crowd. We didn't get that much time to interact with them and their internet personality friends. And this year, they changed it up. They wanted to do a prom theme. And my role in the event was, of course, to kick off the event, be the host to introduce all of them up there. So I showed up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the day of the event. Tim Getty says, here's the list of everybody. You get one minute to say whatever you want. I had already gone over multiple things, very similar to Burning Burns, Austin Creed's Xavier Woods, and Troy Baker's intro. So I said, you know what, Mike? Have some fun. Tell the people who you are. Get them pumped up and then bring on all of the amazing personalities from Kind of Funny. And that was easy because I already do it on my podcast with them every three months. And so that was easy to do the intros. And it was a lot of fun to hear everybody cheer, see everybody's faces come in and out and get to meet some of the people I haven't met. I never met Jared or Andrea before. And I got to say, I saw them smile and blush when I brought on their intro intros <laughs> and made me smile. Yeah, that's so cool. And I guess it's like everything you'd, you'd been doing you know, all these MC events, in your mind, they would have just been building up to this one awesome event with all your friends, like a lot of your friends were there in the crowd as well, yeah? Correct. I, I think it was a culmination of that. Was I ready for 800 people in a sold out venue to host in front of that? Probably not. But I will <laughs> say this, the moment that they called my name, the moment I walked out on stage and all the kind of funny best friends were chanting Snowbike Mike at the top of their lungs. I mean, 
It brought a smile to my face. It gave me so much confidence, reassured me that I could do it. I mean, the moment I yelled into the microphone, you couldn't even hear what I was saying because they were yelling <laughs> so loud. So thank you to all of them for all yeah. of their uh, confidence and uh, applause there. That's sweet. Like I, I have seen some like Periscope footage of the event and I could see that you're crushing it from that. But I look forward to hopefully there was uh, you know someone with a, a better camera out there that filmed this for, for us to check out at some point. Definitely. I've rewatched the footage and just like any NBA star, anybody that's trying to be the best, I uh, will learn from what I did and try to get better the next time. But I got to say it was a lot of fun. And I had one goal when I was there was to put away my cell phone, engage with the kind of funny best friend and engage with the community. So when I walked away from the event, I probably had about 10 total photos on my phone. So if yeah. you have photos of me, please send them to me because I don't have any. <laughs> yeah. At Snowbike Mike. Hit him up with those pics. So, quick story, because I know you love to tell stories. I saw a photo of you with uh, Charles Barkley and a photo of you with Chris Webber the other day. So, what the heck happened with that? NBA superstars, Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers, NBA superstars. What the heck happened? Well, guess what? Each and every year here in beautiful Lake Tahoe, we have the American Century Tournament, which is the Celebrity Golf Tournament here in the middle week of July. And man, is it so much fun. We get all the celebrities to come to our tiny little mountain town, play at one of the most beautiful courses on the planet. I mean, this thing is right on the beach, on the lake. Of course, you can see it on TV, on NBC Sports. They got 17 and 18 are right on the water. Everybody brings up their boats. It's a big party. And we get blessed to see all these celebrities. So the past couple of years, we've had Justin Timberlake. Charles Barkley is a staple here. Steph Curry has come for the past four years. A couple of years ago, I got Steph Curry to sign my jersey. So that was awesome. And I've always <laughs> been searching for the elusive Charles Barkley. So now if you know Sir Charles, if you know Chuck, he is a golfer. But he also doesn't play much golf, meaning when he starts, he kind of finishes really slow. He gives up halfway through. He gets too hot. <laughs> he gets too tired. So you got to catch him early in the day so he can shake hands, sign autographs. Two years ago, I saw Charles driving straight down the entrance road. He's bumping Bruno Mars. And I said, oh, my God, this is my moment to meet Charles Barkley. So I chased the car down the road and he pulled into the VIP parking lot. I got cut off by the fence and I yelled with my GoPro. I was like, Charles, I love you. And I swear to God, he looked right at me and goes, thanks, Mike. He doesn't know me. He said, thanks, Mike. I, I swear to God, I got it on GoPro. It was pretty incredible. That's weird. And so this year, it was my goal to see him. Who was he paired up with? Chris Webber. C-Web, of course. So I get to meet Charles. I say you and the TNT crew did an amazing job this season. Thank you for everything we do. He had a big smile on his face. He loved that. And I ran right up to C-Web. I said, dude, you've been doing a great job on the commentary booth. And great job in Uncle Drew. He had a huge <laughs> smile on his face. And uh, I got two great photos with them, which really made my celeb golf tournament this year. That's awesome. All right, let's get into the final three staples of putting in work. Mike, what's the hardest part of getting to where you are? And I guess for you, that means uh, building this persona, this confidence that you exude every time you step up to the mic. Hardest part is balancing life and coming home each and every day. Like you said before, man, I'm tired. Man, I want to watch TV. Man, I want to hang out with my pug dogs and be able to put that aside and say, no, it's time to put in work. It's time to grind and work as hard as I can to achieve my goals, no matter what they are, whether they be this online persona, whether it be working in video games or sports, it is the goal to be driven and achieve that. So that's the hardest part is shaking off that rust and saying, you know, you're not tired. You can do this. 
put in another three hours. And that's the toughest part mm. for me. And, and if while you're on that, what would be your like ultimate goal? Because you've got these three strands of kind of public events, emceeing, the 2K stuff, and then obviously Twitch. Is there one thing that you really want to smash out of the ballpark? Man, if there's one thing I'd like to smash out of a ballpark, that would be to blend my two passions, which is video games and basketball. So whether that be working with a basketball organization, maybe being their MC, their stadium events coordinator, that would be a passion of mine. Maybe one day working to be an analyst and a commentator for that. And then as well, with the video games world, if I could join them, I don't know what I could bring, but I know I could bring a voice, I could bring energy, and I would probably do great as PR or sales because really, I could sell you a trip to Perth, Australia right now if you wanted to. <laughs> I'm sure you could. And I'd love to go. It's it's lovely over there. Um, I am. Yeah, I I can see you doing the starting lineups for the the Warriors or the, or the Kings or something. That would be pretty cool. Yes, I had a fun time. I actually did the local hockey team. Yeah. Uh, for about four months, and let me tell you what, hockey is very difficult to call the starting lineups for because you think they'd have easy last names. Absolutely not. That's about five syllable last names, and that is tough to call. <laughs> but man, hockey was a blessing. That was a lot of fun. And that is coming from a guy who doesn't know much hockey. I've learned a lot of hockey in the past six months. And I mean, what would be your advice for other people? And I think it might be a good chance to talk about going from that, you know, shy guy that you used to be to what you are now. My advice for people is never give up. Never doubt yourself. Always have a bunch of self-confidence. No matter what you think of yourself, you are creating your story right here, right now. And remember, just like I said in uh, public speaking class, nobody's listening. Sometimes you're staring at your phone, somebody's talking to you, you're not really listening. So when you're out there, you're on the stage, or you're doing whatever you're passionate about, give it your all, put your personality out there, own it, elevate it, and personalize it, and you will succeed in anything you want to do. That's cool. And I mean, do you drink a lot of coffee? Because you've always got the, you know, the energy that it's almost feels impossible for a lot of people to reach that level. <laughs> Uh, that's a great question. Well, I actually average about 120 ounces a day of black chai tea lattes. So I'm usually juiced up on that, drinking from 9 a.m. to about 12 a.m. every single night. And I'm also drinking a whole lot of Gatorade. They're not paying me for it, but I'm drinking it. So yeah. refuel, rehydrate, and replenish with Gatorade. They'll be paying you soon enough. <laughs> the sounds of it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And Mike, if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? I would go out and be the public announcer for the Sacramento Kings. I would announce the starting fives. I would call all the timeouts, and I would be out there causing a ruckus with the loudest fan base in all of the world in beautiful Golden One Center, downtown Sacramento. That's amazing. It's amazing that, that you will admit to being a Kings fan as well. Uh, heck yeah. So I started out as a Denver Nuggets fan. When you move to Lake Tahoe, Sacramento is right down the road, an hour and a half away. And funny story, because that's how I named my two pugs, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Mm. Four years ago, I wanted season tickets for the Sacramento Kings. Guess what? When you called them, they said, leave a message. We'll call you back. My buddy looked at me and said, you know what we could do? Let's call the Warriors. And guess what they said? Give me your credit card information. We'll give you tickets. <laughs> so I was a season ticket holder for the Golden State Warriors. And that's how my two pug dogs got their names of the Splash Sisters, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Beautiful. I was just doing a podcast with Dave Martinson talking about uh, the NBA free agency. And we got to talking about the Kings. And I, uh, I, gave, I gave you a little shout out as, you know, my condolences for being a fan of that franchise. 
it has been tough to watch. In the 10 years I've been here, I go to at least three games a year, and I have seen countless superstars come and go from that organization, starting with an amazing five that I really thought could do something of Isaiah Thomas, Jimmer Ferdet. We had Jason Thompson, Boogie Cousins, and this squad was strong. We got Ben McLemore we picked up, and you thought this team is a young squad that could make it happen. Isaiah leaves, Jimmer leaves, Boogie leaves. Here we are with Vince Sanity, and don't get me wrong, I love Vince Sanity. <laughs> But I just don't think we're making the Western Conference Finals no. on the back of my poor man, Vince Carter. I don't think so. When he's the highlight of, of going to a Kings game, there's there's probably something wrong, given that he's a good 18 years past his uh, <laughs> his prime. He's definitely a highlight. This yeah. year I got to watch him 360 fast break dunk it, and I was, ama- I was out of my seat amazed that that had happened. Half man, half amazing. It is, It is. speaking of amazing, amazing how many draft busts the Kings have had. Like you mentioned Jimmer, and then there was uh, Stauskas and Thomas Robinson oh. and all these guys that they picked up like in the top, you know, 10 of every draft since Boogie. And it's impossible that not a single one of them has seemed to stick. It's been incredible. And here we are with Willie Colley-Stein. The question mark is, is this guy going to stick? You know, I don't know if he'll stay. This team is very quick to get rid of players. And they don't seem to have the mindset of, you know, instead of getting that 18 to 20-year-old, that rookie, that sophomore, they look to get like, hey, let's just get rid of them and we're not really growing the team. So I don't know what their game plan is. But Sacramento, if you ever need me, I'm just a phone call away. Yes. It's not out of question for someone like you to get a shot on that team, I think. <laughs> and it must be frustrating. as a, like I'm a Bulls fan, and I don't understand what their approach has been to uh, managing the roster. But as a Kings fan, it must be uh, even more frustrating, especially after letting some guys like Boogie go for basically nothing and, and letting Isaiah go for basically nothing. Basically nothing. You know what? The NBA is the best. And then they go off and do like MVPs, like level play as well. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? At least here in beautiful South Lake Tahoe, you don't get Sacramento Kings games because you're blacked out from the area. So you get Golden State Warriors oh. games. So I can watch all 82 Golden State Warriors game on my TV at any time. So you know what? I got the Monstars, the big five coming in this year, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I bet. I bet. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Mike. It's been awesome to chat and, and talk a bit of hoops with you. And yeah, I wish you the best with the 2K, the streaming and the MCing. It's awesome. And I'm sure that uh, a lot of people will be uh, stoked to hear all the stories, the inside scoops on, on how that no, came together. Thank you so much. I'm truly honored as a big fan of yours, as somebody who looks up to you and you're an inspiration to me. Thank you for letting me be on the Putting In Work podcast. It's just like the kind of funny prom. I am now joined with so many amazing people you've interviewed. I don't even feel like I should be here. But you know what? Thank you for the invite and thank you for the awesome interview. (laughs) That's all right. I take any excuse to talk to you for a little bit, Mike. Thank you for listening and thanks to Audio Technica. You can follow today's guest on Twitter at SnowbikeMike. Hit up his Twitch streams, check out what he's all about. And of course, if you enjoyed the podcast, you can leave a review in iTunes. That really goes a long way to helping out the show. If you really enjoyed it, you can pick up some sweet putting in work merchandise over at 8bit.net slash P-I-W. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. While you're there, don't forget to check out the rest of the awesome content from the 8-Bit Podcast Collective. You can catch me on Twitter at Jono himself. And until next week, keep putting in work.